have been gone for way too long. I'm here with Harry Liao and Yosef Nasser. We have a lot to catch up on. Yosef, what's new with you, man? Um, I thought we were going to talk about the Ben Simmons trade saga later exactly. in the podcast. <laughs> but I guess, like, you know, that, that kind of um, broke yesterday or the day before. I don't even remember. I've been, you know, too busy crying tears since. Um, I just – can you guys explain to me, like, how – this news. guy, how this guy screwed up, or you know, this guy didn't perform up to expectation, and it's the Sixers' fault now. It's the Sixers' fault. It's all the Sixers' fault that he didn't dunk the basketball when he was wide open. Um, you know, it, it's not him. It's not anybody else. It's like once he gets away from the Sixers, that's not going to happen on any other team he goes to. It's all. It's all our fault, buckets. First of all, you're absolutely right. Ben Simmons is a, is a fucking loser. He's never <laughs> going to be successful because he's a fucking bitch. But that's fake news, dude. I believe I believe Joel Embiid, dude. That's it's all good. Ben's not going anywhere. They can't trade him. Nobody's going to trade for him. What like Yosef? When you saw Joel with the tweet storm, I think it was yesterday. What was going through your head? Obviously, he's trying to be a good leader. But do you actually believe there's any chance that Simmons is on this team? Let's say by the trade deadline. Wow, you said you went the trade deadline. Um, I don't think he's going to be on the team to start the season, but it's one of those things where I don't think Daryl's going to give him away. So, like, are they going to play chicken? Is he just going to, like, stay away from the team as they figure something out? I have no idea. I think he was being diplomatic, but I don't think that – I don't see how Ben Simmons can return under these circumstances. The Philly fans won't let him. Um, as for, you know, I, I do want to bring up something pertaining to this, and it's the power that – Rich Paul holds. And, you know, Harry talks about meta shifts. We all talk about meta shifts. But this Rich Paul has a lot of the top clients in the league. And not only is he trying to get Ben Simmons out of Philly, now he's trying to get Tyrese Maxey out of Philly. Now he's signing Zach Levine, who we might have traded uh, Ben Simmons for. So it's like the Sixers are just screwed because none of our clients get, or none of the Rich Paul's clients get along with us. So, so are, are we just going to be blackballed? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. But my favorite uh, saga is that after the Maxi news came out, Kendrick Perkins went on Twitter and just <laughs> like a clutch CIA agent just denied it. And then Nerlens Noel, who is now clutch uh, public enemy number one. What a weird drama and beef between Kendrick Perkins and Nerlens Noel. If you Can I just say I love the offseason? I love – this offseason is better than the re- – no, it's not. But it's almost as good as the actual season just because you get Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins' fucking drama, dude. Carry, carry the hell on. <laughs> carry the hell on. <laughs> so, Yosef, let, let's ask you this. Obviously, Simmons' value, you know, is at its probably lowest point that it could possibly be. Booty is Halliburton as a oh he's laughing already is Halliburton <laughs> what I okay I guess would the Kings no. do that they're, I mean they're the Kings they already said they wouldn't trade uh, Fox or Halliburton well let's really let's, let's say that they're playing chicken would would you accept that as as a as no a, that's not Whoa! dude that's this the best they're gonna get talking about trading for James Harden what like, are you talking about up. Bro, that was no. yesterday. Today is a new day, dude. The 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 Philly the Philly uh, Simmons thing right now is like Republicans and Democrats. It's like <laughs> they're so far apart. Like we are so far apart from like what Philly fans want for for Simmons and what like other teams are willing to give. We're never gonna see. I love it, dude. Ben Simmons play. is the Joe Rogan of the NBA right now. Dude. He's just <laughs> such a lightning rod. Like you you can't. There's nobody in the middle. It's just you fucking hate this guy. Or you're like, actually, everybody hates him. Who lo- wait, hold on, hold on. Who loves Ben Simmons right now? Who loves Joe Rogan right now? Actually, a lot of people love Joe Rogan. <laughs> I mean, he's that, got a $100 million do- podcast on Spotify. Someone loves him. True. Does Ben Simmons love Ben Simmons? Do you think he's feeling confident about the season? I don't know what he's feeling. Those open run videos, man. I, I, wow. Dude, he's getting, dude, he's getting shit on by Zaire Wade. I'm not, I'm not even joking. Dude. Like, <laughs> he's fucking – Zaire Wade's actually giving him buckets. This is a disaster. So, Yosef, in your perfect, let's say, utopian dream world. You already know what I'm going to say, Buckets. I want Dame. I want Dame. Oh, wow. Give me Dame. Wow. Ben I Simmons get... and Maxi for Dame. You know what? Um, we're going to save the hot takes for the end, but 
this might be a good time to drop the hot take. What do you mean? This whole podcast should be hot takes. This is like the hot take podcast. Yeah. I I was really contemplating this, and are we sure Portland's not the best team in the West? Like, are we? (laughs) Think about it. They can go with multiple different lineups. They get a full season of Norman Powell. They got Larry Nance now. A healthy Nurkic. Did you watch Norman Powell last season? Did you watch him? I saw him in Toronto. I mean, Dude, I did. He was so bad. Like, terrible. Like, he could not make a, a shot to save his life. He was terrible. I'm in on Norman Powell. And honestly, I think that the longer this saga with Dame goes, they're going to notice that, hey, we can – we're – I think they're the second best team in the West. I really wow. do. Who's Either- number one? L.A.? L.A.? Yes. Which, which L.A. team? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god because the clippers are aren't they they're bringing back the the one and only reggie jackson amazing guys you can't see this because we don't have video but yosef nasser just changed his zoom background to the, the ben- artist formerly known as ben simmons ben simmons is passed up dunk attempts <laughs> <laughs> honestly like there was a video today that surfaced of Jokic and he looks as fit as I've ever seen him. If you guys haven't seen that's that. That's not a very high bar to cross. No, he looks like he looks fit, fit. And okay. that makes me, I think Jokic is good enough to maybe have Denver number two by himself. But I think it's between personally Denver and Portland. Do you guys have a different team in mind? Yes, I have a lot of different teams in Ooh. mind. What are you talking about, dude? Those are, <laughs> dude. Okay, Denver is great. Portland is a team that people are like, okay, maybe they're a play-in team? The West is fucking loaded, dude. What are you talking about? Well, the West is so stacked. Like, the Suns just made the finals. Like, are we, like they're not even in the conversation anymore? I think, like, honestly, I think the Suns were an aberration. I really do. I think you can't count on Chris Paul at age 37. This is insane. I mean, I think you have a case that, like, that, that Clippers team, like, we just you just laughed at me. But actually, like, if Kawhi doesn't get hurt – you're right. The Suns probably are an aberration. Like, I think that Clippers team is probably better than them without, with Kawhi. Like, with just Paul George and Reggie Jackson, they were competing, like, every single night. Like, it, it wasn't even – it wasn't – you felt something, like, special with them, with the Terrence Mann thing, with the – I'm not saying they're the second-best team in the West. I'm just saying the West is absolutely freaking loaded. Like, you just mentioned Denver. Like, Denver's going to go under the radar, and Jokic was the fucking, you know – I mean, he's literally the MVP of the league, right? So – to me, you know, Jamal Murray's going to come back too, and, and he's supposedly ahead of schedule in his recovery. So that, What about the Warriors? Oh, well, them, well, Clay, I mean, the whole Clay thing is a black cloud for me. But, Yosef, I want to hear your opinion on the West's second best team. It's the Warriors. No hesitation. Are you, come all, bucket. Are you at all concerned that um, they might have to rely on those young guys, Wiseman? I mean, obviously Wiseman, but um, – Moses Moody and Kaminga, are you? Worried? No, because the, I think they're deeper um, with like reasonably okay role players to where like anything those guys give them gives them as a bonus. And you know, let's say that they're ready to go quicker than we think. Like, you know, all of a sudden that's a pretty deep team. I I did I will say that when I was thinking of the second best team in the West, I did kind of the Warriors didn't cross my mind because I don't know why they're like Harry said, there's so many good teams in the West, but you know what? This whole clay thing, like we've already talked about it on this pod, but two major injuries in a row, they need, let's, let's put, you know, clay in um, that OKC series when he went off as 100% clay Thompson. What do you guys, Harry, I'll start with you. If that's 100%, what kind of clay do you expect to see? Like 50% of that guy, 60%, where do you see him? That's that's a question that, like, I, I've never really been comfortable answering. You know, like, especially uh, – we saw it with his former teammate, right, Kevin Kevin Durant. Like, if you're talking about a guy who had 100% is one of the greatest basketball players of all time, probably the greatest scorer of all time. But, I mean, even someone like that, you, you just can't escape the – the uncertainty of having an injury like that, right? Like you can come back and your career could be over, you know, like crossing sports. Like you can look at Bo Jackson, literally probably the greatest on paper, straight up 
like major sport athlete of all time, right? He gets a horrible, horrible hip injury and he's literally, he just can't even play anymore. Um, you know, but you look at someone like KD, who I think it, a lot of people would say he's as good or if not better than he's ever been. And like, you're talking about a guy who, when everything's said and done, probably a, one of the 10, maybe the top five best players ever. So I don't know. I mean, there's such a wide net that you can cast here as far as Clay. But what I will say is Clay, you know, he's not a guy who doesn't rely on his athleticism. Like a lot of what he does is making these super hard cuts to get this angle off of like a, off of like a rub screen or something, right? Boom, elevator screen or whatever. You know, he's fucking, it's a big change of direction to get open, right? So who knows? Maybe he's hampered that way. Maybe he's 10% worse in a lot of these areas and it doesn't add up to the same clay that we know. Or shit, like maybe he's clay, you know? And he's just raining jumpers. He's 28 points in a quarter. You know what I mean? So you never know. Yo, to add on to that question, if that, you know, that OKC series, if that's 100%, what, uh, what percentage do we need to see from Clay for the Warriors to be as good as you think they're going to be? Yeah, so when I'm answering that question and saying they're uh, the number two team in my mind, I'm assuming that, you know, we're not going to get 100% Clay, but something like, you know, how do we quantify this, right? But something to the effect of 75 to 80% of what we expect from Clay Thompson. That's the player that we're going to get um, in addition to, you know, some of the depth that they have, some of the pieces that they have, some of the guys, some of the younger guys who have built confidence over these past two years by getting a lot of playing time, guys like Jordan Poole, uh, Juan Toscano Anderson. They got uh, Otto Porter from uh, the Magic, previously the Bulls, um, who can play rotation. Wiggins, and Wiggins Andre Iguodala, um you know, they, they, they can play a few different styles. And again, if um, if Kaminga and Moody, whether they're ready to play right now or they flash enough potential where they can be moved for a bigger piece, I just feel like when it's all said and done, you know, it's going to be the Lakers and the Warriors in that conversation as the top two teams in the West, barring any type of catastrophic injury. But to answer your question, about 75, 80% is, is what I, I expect to see. You know, maybe he has another setback, right? You know, this time last year, we thought he was going to be coming back for the 2020, 2021 season. So, so um, you, you never know what happens, but I've got them at two. Can I, can I jump in here before we go to the, to the East? Like there are so many teams that on paper are just better than Portland. Like I'm just, I'm, fucking blown away that you just you whipped Portland it's unbelievable your... Harry Let, let's just call it what it is it's unbelievable it's unbelievable. like if I said like hey guys so you know the Nets are, are, are good you know what do we think about the Cavs though like, <laughs> <laughs> like Dude, listen the fucking the Utah Jazz like if Mitchell doesn't get hurt I mean are they in the finals I don't know you could make a case for it. the the Nuggets which you mentioned the Mavericks might have the best player in the NBA they might have the best player in the NBA. What are we talking about? Like, is that not enough to get – I'm talking about the regular season, right? Like, this is not the same NBA as, like, the early 2010s. But those old Cavs teams that we all like to, to riff on with LeBron and his second best player is either Zajunas Ogowskis or fucking Mo Williams. Like, he's Luke winning 60 60- – Luke winning has like, a better team than that. Yeah, Luke has a better right. team than that. And LeBron was winning 65 games every year. Like, he, they might have the best player in the NBA. Like, you know, we talked about the Warriors. Like, there are so many teams that I think you could throw in the mix there. And, you know, this is not to throw any shade at Portland. Like, I love Portland. I think C.J. McCollum is going to have a, a, a better year than he had last year. Not to say he had a, a bad year, but probably a, a down year by his standards. He started off the year slow shooting-wise. No, he started off in fire, and then he got hurt. Oh, yeah, that's right. He got he hurt. He was in the that's All-Star right. conversation. He yeah, got he hurt. was. CJ is a monster, dude. I just heard. Did you guys listen to the podcast with uh, on JJ's uh, podcast? Like CJ was That's on my QS. I haven't listened to it yet. I, I'm not going to spoil too much, but the the guy is a legitimate psychopath. Like <laughs> CJ, CJ McCollum is the most confident player in the NBA, and I I take I'm saying that knowing that Zach Levine exists. <laughs> I thought you were going to say LeBron. LeBron's a confident guy too. That's true. Dude, CJ, CJ is a psycho. Like, I believe in him. So this is not to say that Portland's not in the conversation. I'm just – I think it's amazing. And it's so on brand for Tendravi that, like, that was the first team that Dude, he pulled out. Dude, bringing it full circle, I mean, I'd take CJ for Ben Simmons at this stage, man. Like, if you told me, like, 10 months ago, I would have recoiled. Oh, I like that. Like, now, like... Here's, here's the Portland thing like for me. That. And this is, like, 
I agree with everything that's been said. I'm not disagreeing. I don't think um, Dame has ever really had a player like this is going to sound so like something I would say, but a Larry Nance, he's never had a guy that if he gets double teamed, (laughs) think about it. If he gets doubled up top, a guy that can slip the screen that can actually make a play out of it, can hit the corner three ball, can actually pop that jumper, can roll and actually dunk the ball on somebody. Who has Dame had in that Draymond role? Everybody talks about Steph wouldn't be Steph without Draymond. Who has been Draymond for Dame? Covington can't do that. Nurkic, I think he's too slow to do that. Who has been in that Larry Nance mold? But the problem is, is Larry Nance actually good enough to do that? We'll see. I really just think that that's a, that was a huge addition for them. But hmm. I remember people saying that same thing about Larry Nance when he was traded to LeBron's Cavaliers team that last year LeBron was in Cleveland. And, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't manifest the way that our, our – and, and, yes, he's gotten better in the three, four years since. But um, how, how much of a needle mover is, you know, this player, this archetype of player that you're putting on Portland, a team that was, you know, not – a top contender at all. I mean, the sixth seed last year, like does Larry Nance move them, you know, considering that, you know, okay, Kawhi's not going to be there. Jamal Murray's going to come back. So does Larry Nance push Portland from the sixth seed to the two seed? I don't think he moves the needle uh, to that degree because, you know, the rest of the team is kind of, you know, basically the same, like where where else are you getting improvement? And also Ben Simmons is going to be on that roster playing the Draymond Green role when we trade for Dane. So, um, well, to answer I just don't see it. on where else are we going to see improvement, I'm, I'm just going to say it every year until it happens. And for Simons. Him, yes. Exactly. Simons, let's go. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it has to happen at some point, man. It really does. Yeah, Simons is just a guy, man. What if he's just like a ninth man? I'm gonna it's be not going to happen on this team. How can it happen on this team, dude? CJ McCollum plays like 35 minutes a night. Damian Lillard plays like 40 minutes a night. Like, where, where does Simons get minutes? It's so hard to, like, shine when you play 10 minutes a game. Well, he might be the headliner in a Ben Simmons trade. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. You know, I have another question, though, for you guys. Um, before we jump to the East, I wanted to talk about a random team in the West that I think is going to be, like, the most um, riveting team this season. Can I guess? Go hey, ahead. Can, can we guess? Okay, Harry, you go first. Riveting is not the right word, though. The, the Houston Rockets. Yes, they are riveting. I shouldn't have used that word. The word I would use is like, in terms of predictions, I think we're going to see a wide range of predictions for this team. Will you tell me if I get it right? Yeah. The Sacramento Kings. That's a good one, but... (laughs) Hold on, you like every team in the league. You love every... You love the NBA, you love every player, you love every team. (laughs) I've, I've seen this specific team as like possibly the worst actually not the worst team in the west i don't think anybody said that but like not a playoff team to like oh, oh i know what it is are you gonna oh. give me another guess go ahead the minnesota timberwolves yes yes oh! yes i want to know like uh let's start with you yos what do you what's your thoughts on minnesota are they gonna be where, where do you see them finishing in the west Look, they have intriguing talent, and I think that uh, if Jaden McDaniels takes another step up, you know, as a two-way player, you know, they, they have passed a, a internal development. Anthony Edwards is going to be better. I just wonder about defensively, like how are they going to be able to, you know, put an even like league average de- defensive team together with the players that they have. So um, I think that they're going to be exciting. They're going to be a league pass team. Anthony Edwards is, you know, one of the most charismatic athletes in the NBA right now. He's so fun to follow. Um, he um gives the best interviews like you know he highlight highlight real dunks but like game to game consistency in in the western conference you know i I think that they would be a play-in appearance would be a good outcome for this team sorry i didn't would or wouldn't would be a good uh, outcome for this team if they made the play-in tournament that would be a success for this roster and this team what do you think harry yeah i agree with that but i where i i think it doesn't really I'm not on the margins right now with the Timberwolves. I'm really looking at the nucleus, which is Carl Anthony Towns. To me, he just has to get better defensively. Like, he's so – I think – I forget who pointed it out. It was a writer. I was reading some – maybe it was like Zach Lowe's 10 Things I Like and Don't Like. But he's talking about how weird it is that Towns is freaky quick, right, with the ball on offense, running the floor. 
And then when it comes to like lateral movement on defense, he's just has, he's stuck in mud. Like he can't get out of first gear. And I almost feel like, I almost feel bad for the guy. I feel like in the last two years, he's, since he's gotten paid, he's been like, oh, I'm the franchise player. Like I have to be a great two-way player, but he's just not that guy. Like he'll put up block numbers, he'll put up steal numbers just because that's, he's, he's a smart guy. Um, but he just, he's just fucking sieve defensively. I see so many little guys just go right through him, you know? And I'm not talking about like elite dudes, like Kyrie will do that to everybody. I'm talking about like the fucking Ish Smiths of the world. I mean, Ish Smith is really fast, so that's not really fair. But like, there's like, to me, you just cannot have your best player be that much of a liability on defense and, and not have enough of the firepower around you to go, go, far night to night right but like you said internal development i don't think people are appreciating how much talent there is on the roster like you also said Jaden mcdaniels is it looked like he could, he could be special anthony edwards looks like he could absolutely be special right like people were talking about d'angelo russell a while ago but he's fucking ass is he still on the team yes see i, I didn't even i didn't even know that but I don't know. I don't know. To me, it's a lot of pieces that just don't make sense together. I just don't think this team is, is, is a finished product, like the roster. So you guys both brought up McDaniels, and that's like the most intriguing, like uh, under-the-radar name on NBA Twitter during the offseason right now that I've seen. Him and Ananobi, I've seen just a lot of people. I mean, if, if, it's, if it works, right, and it's a lineup of like Russell, Malik Beasley, Edwards, McDaniels, and Cat. At the very least, that's a very interesting and fun young team because you got Edwards who's going to be talking smack. McDaniel's going to be doing all like ev- like everything if, if he hits. Beasley's going to be hitting threes with D'Lo. And Beasley's I, good. It'll be a fun team if nothing else. Um, do you so Yos? Do you would you say that you think that they will be a playing team or? I think that the plan uh, can't be taken for granted, and I think it would be a good outcome, meaning that there's a possibility that they won't be. I mean, they finished 10 games out of the plan tournament last year. Now, we, we think the Spurs will drop off because they lose DeRozan. They finish as the 10th seed. The Grizzlies, I don't see why they wouldn't be in that mix. And then all of these other teams, um, you know, basically, if you look at the teams, like who's dropping out um, of the top 10 mix? And you also have the Pelicans gunning for that spot the Kings gunning for that spot. Um, so it, it's no, it's no shoeing. I think this would be the next logical step in this team's development, but um, who's setting that defensive tone? Like Harry was talking about cats defense. I mean, the guys in front of them aren't doing them any favors. Like D'Angelo Russell is one of the most apathetic Terrible. defenders in the league. Malik Beasley, not much better. Um, Anthony Edwards, very inconsistent. You know, I don't think you can call him, you know, he's got good physical tools, but he didn't apply them in a good way last year. So, you know, if Mc. Daniels is the only plus defender, you know, and maybe like a, a Vanderbilt or whatever in, in, in that rotation. Like, what's the path to, again, like I said, getting to a league average defense? It has to start with the star players. Can Chris Finch get, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards to buy in defensively, you know, say, hey, we're going to move the ball offensively. You're going to get your shots. But like, you know, we, we need to set a defensive tone and until we see that buy in. Like, you know, they've got a ceiling. They've got a lot of talent, but we've seen a lot of teams with a lot of talent that never even make that step to the playoffs. I mean, those those Clipper teams with Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson, beloved, a lot of talent. They had Lamar Odom. They had a lot of good guys. Yeah, knuckleheads. But, you know, they, they never broke through. And these are the best players in the world. Every team has a lot of exciting talent. I think, you know, the Rockets are going to yeah. be exciting. It might be the worst team in the they league. might be the but, worst you know, team, yeah. And, and they're still super exciting. So we're just in this era right now. We're in a talent boom. There's a lot of talent. All of these teams are going to be fun to watch. But, you know. How do you make that difference between bad to average to good to great? I, I think it's consistent defense and then obviously those superstar players who um, are basically offensive jack-in-the-boxes, like the, the, they, Jokic, uh, Luka, um, Joel the Process Embiid, Julius Randle, uh, Zach is Levine. That. And, and Towns is that guy. So Towns is that. So, but every team has, you know, almost every team has one of yeah. those guys. So, like, how do you make – up the difference there. It's buying in defensively. It's committing to getting stops. How did the Knicks go from where they were the year before? I mean, they had. Well, we got incredibly Randall. lucky. All of our opponents missed every three-point shot they took the entire year. <laughs> they did. 
but is that uh, account for no, a difference no, between yeah so let's uh speaking of minnesota that's the team that's rumored for ben simmons so let's transition this to the east because this was um we're gonna lead with this but let's get to it now so let's just assume you can disagree with this if you would like guys but let's assume milwaukee brooklyn are in whatever order one and two in the east and let's make a case harry is again a knicks fan yos is a sixers fan and i'm a bulls fan let's make a case for why our individual respective teams will be the third best team in the East. All right. Uh, Yos, let's start with you. Why should we expect the Sixers to be in that mix? You're not going to do this to me while I have a picture of Ben Simmons passing up a dunk in the playoffs right behind me. You're, that's, this is like cruel and unusual punishment. By the way, I just realized I mean, Jalen Hurts is like sitting courtside. Is that Hurts? Is that him? That's Hurts. I, I think that might be him. That's definitely Jalen Hurts, bro. 100% okay. that's him. I'm going to magnify that and make sure. But, um, look, I mean, we're the number one team in the East last year, and we're returning basically the same roster. And Tyrese Maxey showed in the summer league that he's ready to take that next step. But it's like, how can you say anything about this team? Because we don't know if we're selling Ben Simmons for 50 cents on the dollar or five cents on the dollar. So is Joel Embiid and D'Angelo Russell, are they going to lead us to the third best team in the East? You know, I I don't know. I don't know what we're getting for Ben Simmons. I don't think he's going to be on the roster. So, um, I don't know how I can answer that question other than saying, like, let's say they are able to patch things together. They were the number one seed last year. You know, maybe Ben Simmons will be able to shoot free throws. The defense is going to be good. I think Max and Thibault are going to take another step. But, again, I don't know who's going to be on this team. So, if you're telling me I'm going to get Dame Lillard for Ben Simmons and it's going to be Dame Lillard and we're going to have Seth Curry, we're going to have Matisse Thibault, and we're going to have Tobias and we're going to have Embiid, like you know, and Paul, sign Paul me Reed. up, man. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what we're gonna have. So it, it, it's so tough to say right now. I, honestly, guys, I'm a Bulls fan for this season. So <laughs> if you want me to make the case for the Bulls, then you know, I'll, I'll wait after Harry and Buckets, and I'll go. Well, you know, it's amazing that you didn't mention Andre Drummond in that. So uh, it's a little disappointing. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Why would you do that to him, man? He's already like... Listen, I mean, Andre Drummond's our third-string center. Uh, I think he's the best third-string center in the league. B-Ball Paul is going to be our backup for Joel to process Embiid. So. Wow. We're, we're excited for that. Uh, that was, you know, obviously not a, rain, a reigning endorsement, but we have to, like you said, Yos, wait and see what happens with Simmons. Harry, what about what about the Knicks? What do you... what um, What is one thing that the average fan should look for in this next season that is not being talked about? Um, uh, I mean, everybody knows we signed Kemba. Everybody knows we, we re-signed Julius, um, who was obviously incredible last year. Um, I, think, I think people are, are, are aware of our draft picks looking promising. What I will say that nobody's really talking about is that there are some places where good energy carries on and bad energy carries on. And New York is one of those places. When things are bad, it just keeps going until there's some un- incredible force that just reverts it. Amazing, amazing Zoom picture change, Joseph. Uh, there's an incredible force that just yanks it back in the other direction, right? Last season, that incredible force was built up with by Julius Randle and Tom Thibodeau and Derrick Rose and, you know, Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett. Like, good energy in New York, it just it, it keeps going until something else yanks in another direction, right? So what I will say is that MSG is going to be bumping every single night. And honestly, I think that counts for, like, a 10-point swing every night. I really do. Um, and I think the guy, every single one of these dudes is going to play hard as fuck. I think RJ Barrett, uh, could legitimately take a huge leap this year. I don't know why. I just have a feeling like I was watching. Oh my God. I'm such a sucker for these open gym runs, dude, in fucking like LA or whatever, like Rico Hines. But like, I was watching this, uh, open run the other day, RJ Barrett first shot of the fucking game. It's a pickup game. Mind you first shot of the game, just one dribble, pull up 28 footer cash and like he was walking back like he's like yep i've been practicing this all summer like i don't know man i just feel like everybody all the young guys are gonna get better i think if kemba can stay healthy like 
there is nowhere that is going to appreciate him more than the Bronx, uh, more than New York. And I think our rookies are good, man. Deuce McBride. Uh, uh, oh, my God. What's the other dude's name? The next Clay Thompson. Oh, Quentin Grimes. Q Grimes. Obadiah. Obadiah motherfucking Toppin, dude. Dude, Obi can shoot now. Like, I don't know, man. All these guys, they went into this summer and they said, we are all going to get better. And they did it in a smart way. Every single one of these guys looked at their own weaknesses. And it takes, it takes a lot of, you know, it takes a lot of team unity to do that, right? So look at your own weaknesses and say, I got to do this to be better as a team. And I don't know. I think, I think we're going to be really good this year. That being said, I don't think we're going to be the three seed. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> this is what I'll say is that the, the playoff performance by Julius Randle, it, yeah, Harry just made a, like an ew face. But the thing is, that is making everybody forget how damn good he was last He was night. dominant. He was really, really good. And he's going to take – I think he's going to take another step. Yos, what do you think about the Randall, the Randall buzz going into this season? I'm excited about RJ, man. I'm with Hare. Um, I, I think that RJ is going to be that perfect complement to Julius. I mean, if the shooting is real. I mean, I, I think I saw that – I think Evan sent me that very uh, – uh, uh, video that you were telling me about yeah. the summer run or whatever. Um, he, he was sending it to highlight how uh, Spencer Dinwiddie wasn't doing anything and the Wizards paid him $62 million. But, you know, uh, RJ was very impressive. And, um, you know, it's summer, right? We've seen players in summer, left-handed players, you know, showcase shooting ability and then not translate it to the no. regular season. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's not a guarantee, but – um, I believe in RJ, man. I, I believe that he's a, a young player who's committed to, you know, maximizing his potential, unlike other left-handed young players that we see in the league. And Dude, this um, would be a great doubleheader pod with our post-Sixers loss pod. You know what I mean? Like, if you listen to these back-to-back, that'd be just – I think that was the last time that we potted, so I think that's <laughs> what was it? Was it? <laughs> Oh my god! I, I remember my favorite moment from that pod is like you know buckets was talking about like you know what do the Sixers do from here and then he literally took the Sixers so free agent list and he was like so yes do you think we should sign for for Concord? <laughs> but we got him we got him three years fifteen million dollars we got him guys we got squad. him we I got didn't him the him in Sixers that rotation. Won. Anyway, I believe in the Knicks. I believe in R.J. Barrett. I I think that with Julius, I want to see you know if he can keep that shooting up. And also defensively, I mean that yeah. that team was a juggernaut, man. Like um, all heart, all heart. Can, can they sustain that? You know, and then offensively, obviously, like who are going to be the guys who take that step up? Because you know, defense was good, the offense was very average. So if RJ can be that guy who can be a force going to the rim, complimenting Julius Randle, hitting his open shots, you know, playmaking for others, like I think. Listen, guys, R.J. Barrett is the greatest player on the planet. <laughs> um, I, no, I, I, I remember what I was saying about R.J. I was saying that he – first of all, fuck Zoom, dude. Like, that's so ridiculous that, um, like, they're a nobody. Like, you're nobody. You're a four, okay? Like, you're walking down Huntington Beach. I'm not I'm – not, my eyes aren't even – I don't even pick you up on my radar. Why are you and then, in Huntington Beach? Randomly, because <laughs> you're on this podcast. It's the first beach I can think of. Randomly, you become a TikTok star – and it's like, okay, like now you're famous. Like, and you think you're too good for us. Like you want to charge $15 a month to have more than an hour long conversation. That's absurd. That's stupid. Anyways, I think if RJ can shoot, like the problem, the problem isn't that RJ can't shoot. It's that he got to the playoffs and he got nervous. Let's just call a spade a spade, right? Like this guy was sh- shooting, you know, almost Above league average. I'm not, I don't know what the exact number is, but he was shooting very well throughout the season um, on a not a massive volume of attempts, but not bad. I mean, he was taking a lot of threes during the season because defenses were giving it to him, right? And RJ is a smart guy. He's got a basketball pedigree. His dad was a professional basketball player. Like, RJ is not stupid. He knows exactly what his weaknesses are. Um, but the issue is that he got to the playoffs, too energetic. He's his first playoff series ever. And he literally just choked so hard. Like, he completely disappeared. He just deferred to everybody else around him, whether it was Randall or Quickly or Derek Rose, whoever it was. And it was just like, dude, you, you can't be out there if you're not going to be aggressive. That's, that's how the playoffs work. So what I'm looking for from RJ during the season is not 
great numbers. It's not. It's has he added anything to his game and does his composure look different? Is he as energetic after he has a great moment? Because to be honest, I don't want him to be, right? I, act like you've been here before because you have, right? You're RJ Baird. You have actually been a, a phenom since you were 15 or 16. Like act like you've been here before. That's what I'm looking for from RJ this season. And if I see that, I, I don't really care what the numbers are. I, I will be confident going into the playoffs. So um, the YouTube channel B-Ball Breakdown, uh, Coach Nick, I think. Yeah. They po- he posted a Knicks video today, and I watched, like, the first two minutes. But one point that he made in those first two minutes was that R.J. Barrett last season, running pick and roll, the amount of times he took a pull-up three, which is, like, pretty mandatory for guards in today's NBA. Yeah. He, he ran it, like, 310 times, and I think he took, like, 12 threes on those. So you, what you were saying before Zoom cut us off rudely was that – um that's something that it looks like he's tried to add to his bag this summer. And like you said, if, if, if that stuff comes along, that's the player that I'm most keen on observing on the Knicks this season. But you know what? This has all been a distraction from the main event, which is the Lonzo Ball-led Chicago Bulls. Chicago! Um, Chicago's out! Let's go. You guys are going to make the case for them being the third seed, I think. But I'm going to make the case for them being the one seed. Here's the thing. Harry, you mentioned that there are certain cities that energy carries more than others. And Chicago, I think, is in that same stratosphere. Bad energy as well as good energy. Now, they're all like the expectations before the season that I've read is that it might take a while to, to develop, to gel. But man, if they have a couple 20-point losses early on, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, we paid for Lonzo, we paid for DeMar. It could be a longer season. I actually think that – I think that the most underrated player on our team is Vooch. I think that he's going to be, like, the um, the straw that stirs the drink. But while being maybe the most valuable player on the team. Because how many bigs in the league can pick and pop like he can? Wait. Lowry Markkinen. No, don't say that. Um, the, the thing is with this team, it's, it's going to be about the backup bigs, weirdly enough, because we don't really mm. have guys like Tony Bradley's our backup center right now. And that's I like, like him. He's okay. Yeah, I, I kind of like him too, but he's, he's like a third string center. He's no Andre Drummond. He, wow. That's two Andre Drummond mentions in the pod. But I want to know, Yosef, what are you looking forward to most? Or what is, what is going to catch your eye when observing the Bulls early in the season? I'm curious to see who their primary ball handler playmaker is going to be. Because in the offseason, they had a lot of rhetorics like, oh, Lonzo's coming to here. He's our point guard. Like, you know, Lonzo's like, you know, I played an off-ball role in New Orleans last year for the first time. I'm ready to come and be, and be the point guard, you know, DeMar saying, oh, you know, we've got a good point guard. You know, I see untapped potential in Lonzo. This is going to really unlock his game. So he's the player I'm most curious about. And I'm curious how they're going to kind of stagger these guards, right? Because when Kobe White comes back from the shoulder and we, we know that this is a dynamic scorer. We, he's a guy who can get buckets in bunches. I still remember the, um, the right before the pandemic, actually, February 2020, he was on a tear that people forget about because, Extended absence of basketball. The Bulls didn't make it to the bubble. I mean, this guy was putting up 30 points with ease. So if you can have that kind of scoring off the bench, you've got uh, Lonzo Ball making smart plays, getting guys in transition, grabbing the ball off the rim, you know, throwing outlets to Zach and Patrick Williams, who we didn't mention yet. I mean, there's a lot of upside with this team. Defensively is kind of where I'm looking. It's like, how is this team going to put – similar with the Wolves, but, you know, with uh, more – veteran players, I guess. How is this team going to put together a defense around Zach, DeMar, who's another kind of lethargic defender, um, Vooch, who's a little bit slow positionally, you're going to have to play him and, and drop coverage. And Patrick Williams, you know, as talented as he is, as many physical tools as he is, he, he does, his defense doesn't match those physical tools. It's still potential there. Can he be the guy who we saw flashes of at Florida State defensively at that at that four kind of like that Robert Covington type position playing playing ground on, on the on the on the back side on the weak side um, and, and then 
you know, Lonzo, instinctive defender, playmaker. Who's that stopper? Can Zach become that guy on the perimeter? Can he, can he take the challenge of guarding, you know, other players, uh, best player um, on occasion? It, it, it's super interesting for me to see, like, how Billy is going to build a defensive scheme around those guys. And obviously, the Nets swiped us for Millsap, man. He was that perfect backup five for us. And, uh, you know, they got him. Um, you know, Tony Bradley's not going to cut it uh, at, the, at the backup five, I don't think. I mean, we're going to play Paul at, at backup five. I don't think he can hang. So we need to get one more body in there, maybe two, um, to kind of fill that role that Thaddeus Young played for us. I love the use of we. Love it. <laughs> Before you go, well, Harry. Well, first of all, first of all, first of all, can I, can I explain that, though? Can I justify that? Yeah. I'm a former Bulls employee. That's right. That's true. A, That's a, a fact. I have, I have a name tag where they spelled my name wrong. That's a <laughs> the, Guys, pull out, pull out the pay stubs. That's a fact. The guy that I want real quick before you go, Harry, is, is Jared Vanderbilt of the, of the Wolves. He's still on the market. I would like to see him in a Bulls uniform. But go ahead, Harry. No, you go, bro. What, why, are, why are the Bulls going to be the three seed? Well, the thing is, the defensive stopper thing, it's got to – I think Lonzo is like the guy that is going to be tasked with that. But I think that the, um, the emphasis of it has to come from Zach. Like you yeah. said, yes. It doesn't mean maybe that he guards the best player, but he has to set the tone. Set the tone, yep. And besides that, I think that the reasons why we would be the three seed is because of just the dynamic scoring that we have, really. I, I, like, the thing is, I think Zach is still – around league circles being underrated. I think that – I agree. You, how do you – I agree. The numbers that he did and then still people, including sometimes myself, sleep on you. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then the other thing is I don't know how Zach and DeMar's games are going to complement each other. Um, but watching a lot of Spurs basketball last year, DeRozan was – I thought phenomenal. I really did. I thought he was phenomenal. And then you add a guy like Vooch, who basically when we got him, he played through an injury. So, and then he lost his co-star Zach due to COVID. So this is like a brand new, a clean slate for this whole roster. And how many teams in the league, when we go up and down the league, can say that they have a clean slate? That's why Bulls fans that predict them to be very high, I kind of like, I don't agree with that because we have, I have to see it to believe it. But then also the talent is undeniable. So then ESPN ranks them like 10th or 9th in the East. And I'm like, I don't really see that either because they have a lot of talent on this roster, even going to guys like Caruso and and Kobe White. Oh yeah. Development of Patrick Williams and all that. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, But I need to see it first before I really have confidence. Go ahead, Harry. Honestly, I'll tell you why I'm optimistic about the Bulls this season. It just comes down to one thing. Like, this word gets thrown around a lot, but you really, on this team, you have a lot of unselfish guys. You you do, which is a weird thing to say, right, about a team with Zach Levine as, like, maybe their best player. But, you know, even with Zach, I think, like, going to the Olympics – you get this feeling that like, holy shit, like actually if everything's not about me, like I can still thrive. I can still excel. I can still, I can still be myself and express myself on the court. And I think that's such a valuable lesson for Zach to learn. And you go around, you look around this roster, like what you said about DeMar DeRozan last year, he was amazing. He was a great point guard. He was a very, very good facilitator. He was, he was for the first time in his career tasked with, Hey, I need to set other people up and I'm not just going to take, you know, fade away 20 footers, which is a great shot for him. I mean, he's unbelievable at that shot, but like he expanded his game last year. And I, I feel like a lot of these players on the bulls are at the same time having this really fun awakening of like, damn, actually, if I play quote unquote team basketball, I can have a lot more fun this way. And that's a, that's a very special feeling when a lot of people in the same room share that. And you talk about someone like Caruso out dude, Memes aside, Alex Caruso is a very good glue guy. Like, the, what he did for the Lakers that season, like, it's almost awkward to say because it became this weird thing where it's like, is he a good player or is he just a meme? But when I would watch him on the court, like, this is one of the most unselfish players I saw all of that year. Like, he he just does whatever the team needs, right? And I just feel like the Bulls have a lot of those guys. I think it's going to be a little rocky at the start because the skills of all those guys don't really mesh that well together. 
But when you, when you have professionals that think that way, almost like a college team, right? Like that's the big difference between the college and the pros. Like in the pros, everybody has an agenda, but in college, nobody does. So you have, you, you create this feeling of, of, of unity you know doc rivers calls that ubuntu or whatever that corny ass shit is but the bulls have that i really do feel like they have that this year and we all hate billy donovan let's just put that out there we don't like this guy he's a bad coach he's terrible <laughs> but what do i know about billy donovan is that uh he's a good motivator he is he is when he has a team that buys into his shit like with those old okc teams you know when he has the star players on the same page as him Everybody else in the locker room, he's good at giving those stupid-ass halftime speeches and shit. Like, I actually think he's a good fit for where this team could do well in, if that makes sense. I think with one more piece, I think with one more piece, they can play a lot of different lineups. I mean, a guy we haven't mentioned a whole heck of a lot. I mean, I mentioned him earlier is Kobe White. Now, you know, I know that Armand was very high on Kobe White, you know, early in his career. And, you know, some of it was questionable, but other, other pieces of it were justified. And think about what uh, Billy Donovan was able to do with that uh, three-guard lineup with Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Dennis Schroeder. He was able to make it work. Like, they have the ability to put those guys out there with a Paul and with a Paul and a Vooch. They have the ability to go, you know, bigger with, you know, Paul at the three, you know, maybe DeMar at point and, and Zach at the two. Um, I worry about the depth. I do think that on paper, at least, the skill sets do seem a bit complementary because Vooch can space the floor and pass. DeMar can operate as the primary ball handler. Zach can do the same thing and get a shot late in the clock. Uh, Lonzo can um, get guys running in transition. And, you know, he's he's a sniper from deep. Um, You know, Paul, it's going to be super interesting to see how – where his offensive fit comes. Is he going to be – a secondary playmaker on this team? Is he going to be in the short quarter corner cutting? Is he going to be able to space the floor from three? Um, I'm super curious. I'm worried about the depth. I think they need one or two more bench pieces, but um, particularly at the big spots, but I I like this team. Um, I'm wondering from you, Buck, it's just out of curiosity. So we were talking at the top of the show, Portland could be the number two seed. Is there a better chance of Portland being the two seed or Chicago being the three seed? How, how does Chicago question. compare to Portland? Man, um, I think that on paper, talent-wise, they're very similar. Um, and that's why I bring it up, because I agree with that. Yeah. I, don't, I, I think that the Bulls would have a better chance at being the three, because like you guys were mentioning earlier, the West is, is more loaded. It's going to be more competitive. And then – Maybe Portland even wants to – Dame and CJ are in their 30s now. They might get a couple DNPs to rest and stuff like that. So, And I don't think we're going to be doing that a lot with our guys at all. Maybe Vooch once in a while, but I don't even, I don't even think with Vooch because we don't have a reliable backup center. I think yeah, – uh, that's the scary piece are, for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I th- well, how much do you, th- do you think losing Thad hurts them? It's huge. That's that was- huge. Thad was our second best player before the Vooch yeah. trade last year, and he was our glue guy, and he was he did so much for us, and especially for Zach, because the same thing that I was saying about Larry Nance is that when Zach was getting double teamed, and yeah. he had a guy to slip that. But the thing is with us, I think um, I think that Vooch can do that too, mm. and and be that playmaker. So, but it does hurt. Definitely, it hurts. Uh, maybe they try to do something with Derek Jones Jr. in that role. I don't know what they really – oh, I forgot playing. about him. But we'll see. Uh, go ahead, Yos. It looks like you have – Yeah, so just looking at the East, looking at the context of the East, it seems like we all think that the Nets and the Bucks are going to be the top two teams, right? We're saying who's going to be third. Let's assume yes. the Sixers – let's say it's a disaster. Let's say that, you know, and B gets hurt. Simmons, we, get, we trade him for 10 cents on the dollar, you know. Bulls slide past them. The Knicks, I mean, let's say that they don't make the offensive developments they need. You know, Atlanta, let's say they come back to earth. Miami, like, I, it's a tough climb, but, you know, it's feasible. Um, you know, what did the Celtics do? I know I know you guys like the Celtics as, you know, potentially sneaking to that top three seed, but what if their chemistry is off? What if the defensive buy-in isn't there? What if um, – What, what if could you do this with every team? I mean, you could, you could do this with every team, but we're trying to make a case for the Bulls to get. So 
I guess we're outlining the things that would have to happen in order for the Bulls to jump up from the 11 seed up to the three seed. Yeah. Is so, it, you know. Is it a lot where it's, like, unfeasible? Like, what's, like, okay, honest, like, real honesty. What's, like, a feasible ceiling for this Bulls team, in your opinion? Like, not within six the seed. context six seed? Yeah. Maybe five seed, maybe five seed. I'm talking about ceiling, like absolute, in your mind, realistic best-case scenario. Five seed? Five seed, second round. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Because I, I don't think that they could finish with a better regular season record than Boston, maybe even Miami, maybe even Indiana. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of teams that I think are going to hit the ground running faster than them. That's my thing with the Bulls. Like, I, I do but, think it's going to take some time to, like, click. But that's what's going to make it so fascinating to track because this is the team, you know, of the offseason that made arguably the the biggest splash, I, I would say. So, yeah. you know, it, like a lot of these teams, you know, aside from addition here or there, somebody coming back from injury, you know, obviously Kyle Lowry going to the Heat, you know, that's a, that's a big move. But he, he yeah. kind of fits in seamlessly. You know, they're, they're not, you know, kind of reinventing their team um, the way that the Bulls might have to bring in DeMar and Lonzo. So it's going to be super interesting. To me, the, the ceiling for this team is, is probably best case scenario is probably the three seed, but I'm with both of you guys in mm. saying that that's probably, you know, on the less, uh, if you ran a simulation hundred times, that might only happen five times, you know? So yeah. um, it's going to be, but it's going to be fascinating to see. With that being said, I, I wanted to do one last quick topic before we get out of here. And that's with the Nets signing Paul Millsap today and then rumors of LaMarcus Aldridge coming back as well. Take the, uh, take the big threes out of the equation with the Nets and the Lakers. Which supporting cast do you like more? Not in terms of who has more talent, but who fits better with, with their um, respective big threes, the Nets or the Lakers? Because I, I have to pull it up right now. Go ahead, Yos. Do you? We have, have no idea what the Lakers' fit is going to look like because they signed a bunch <laughs> of guys for the minimum. So I like you know I know what Blake Griffin can do. I know what Bruce Brown can do. Um, we didn't get a long look at Lamarcus Aldridge, but you know, I, you know Joe Harris. Um, I, I would go. I would go the Nets because the Lakers are still unproven, but. You know, the last time we saw Anthony Davis and uh, LeBron healthy, that was the best duo in the league. And I'm starting to talk myself into a little bit more, you know, I, not talk myself into, but I'm intrigued what Frank Vogel can do with Russell Westbrook, it, what LeBron can do with Russell Westbrook. I, I, I'm a little bit skeptical, but it's just like a guy with that athleticism, you know. Can LeBron, you know, become that dynamic shooter that he was in Miami? I don't know. Um, I'll go with the Nets supporting cast um, better than the Lakers supporting cast because, you know, we don't know how these guys are going to gel together. Harry, did you have time to look it up or do you, do you want me to jump yeah, in? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it, though. Honestly, um, you know what it yeah, is go ahead. With, with me is um, out of everybody in both team supporting casts, let me just double check the Lakers so I don't forget anybody here. Yeah, I honestly think the best player out of anybody in the supporting cast is Patty Mills. <laughs> that sounds weird to say, but like, like who is he competing against? Kendrick Nunn, Dwight Howard, Blake Griffin. You're looking at Malik Monk, Malik Monk Kendrick Nunn, Rondo, that, that crop. Yeah, um, actually, I should actually – Joe Harris. Joe, Joe Harris? Wasn't Joe Harris? Joe Harris was like 20 points a game last year. Yeah, no? sorry. Joe Harris. I was thinking more like the fringe guys, but uh, Joe Harris would be oh, okay. And then Patty Mills might be second. So, you know what? I might have – the thing with the Nets is that I'm really worried about their center position. I know that doesn't answer the question that I posed, but um, – but, I mean, you, you look sneaky, sneaky. I mean, like, you know, you throw a Millsap if Aldridge comes back healthy, yeah. Blake Griffin, Nick Claxton. I think they're going to – you know, there's rumors of them trading DeAndre Jordan. I think they can get it done by committee. And when you're in the playoffs, like, you want KD at the four anyway. So, um, I'm going to – I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think I'm out on Millsap and on Aldridge. 
Com- like completely. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Rochelle yeah, I mean, played, like, I, d- I think like a game for Denver last year. Yeah, I think like last year we saw for the first time Millsap really slipped physically, right? Mm-hmm. Like for the first time in his career, like that was not the same guy. But what I will say is that Paul Millsap is like, I for in my eyes, one of the smartest big men in the league. Like when I I was, when I would watch him in Denver, when I would watch him with in Atlanta. Like, this guy is just such a savvy fucking basketball player. I, I just – I don't know. I have faith that he can figure it out. And I think defensively, he's so solid. He's so strong. I don't know, man. Fuck, that's tough to say. I don't even know who has a better supporting cast. But I think there's a chance Paul Millsap is the best player of this uh, – of that bunch, you know, the fringe guys that you're talking about. Last question before we get out of here. Seriously, last question. What percentage chance <laughs> would you say – that this Lakers team ends up like the one with Nash and Dwight on that Sports Illustrated cover before the season? Uh, 20%. I was going to say 22. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, because they're in that cross-section, in that pie chart, like, you know, 20% is like complete disaster, you know, 40% medium-range outcome, you know, another 30%. I'm losing track of my numbers here, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's a possibility it's a complete disaster. There's a possibility, you know, it's not good average outcome. There's a possibility it's good and they fall short. And then, you know, the possibility they win the championship. So what's the possibility of that happening to Nets? Because I would rate it much lower. Like based on what I, based on what I saw from the net, like I'm not putting an asterisk on this championship for the Bucks. Congrats. Like they deserved it. Giannis balled the fuck out, but the Nets were the best team, like straight up. Like they, it, I don't even think it's close. Like at full strength, they beat the Bucks by fifty points. You know what I mean? Like I would say there's like a five percent chance that they're not. You know. Well, well listen, if Ben Simmons could shoot there. free throws, the Sixers are the best team. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, <laughs> clap back on that a little bit. But no, I, I think it's a zero percent chance with the Nets unless okay. it's injury. So like you know, yeah, yeah. Buckets is talking about you know. uh the Dwight Howard, you know, and I yeah, guess that fit, was injury, fit, but it was yeah. also the fit. Yeah, the fit was bad too. So um, it, it could be, I mean, I, I think that when we talk about worst case scenarios, I think that um, uh, Westbrook could be traded at the deadline. You know, I think that's like, you know, when For we talk Benjamin about realistic. Simmons. Dude, your word's not mine, but hey. I'm kind of into it. MB? I'm kind of into it. Okay, we get a little clutch swap. We get a little, you know. Buckets, we haven't talked about the rookies. Do you have any rookie takes for us? Um, tell, tell them about what you think about Jalen Green. Jalen Green has this aura about him. Um, obviously, we've talked about the basketball skills, but he's like a basketball, like, uh, like a basketball version of like a prince. The yeah. aura. <laughs> like he's just so he's just dripping in in self confidence and. And uh, and and it went overboard, obviously, with the with the comments about the city of Detroit and whatever. I mean, I don't oh, know if yeah. it went overboard, but people were starting to heel turn on him. I don't think so. Yeah, personally, I didn't think it went overboard, but like people were like, "Okay, do something before you say, you know, you talk, you run your mouth." But I love him. The other rookie take that I I have is probably the fact that um, what was I gonna say? I literally it just slipped my mind. The fact Are you going to say that you think Mobley is going to be a bust? No, I, I need. Oh, that was Harry. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That was Harry. I need. Oh, I, that. Uh, it's not really like a like a steaming hot take, but I think that Chris Duarte is going to be the most like out of the gates ready to contribute to a team in terms. That of makes sense. He's thirty-seven years old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I don't really have many hot uh, rookie takes, but. Do you – what about you, Yos? Well, listen, I had Kate at one, Jalen at two. Or actually, no, Kate at one, Mobley at two, Jalen at three. And Jalen looks like he's going to outperform that based on, you know, the short stint we, we saw. Um, you know, I, I like that young Rockets core, man. They're going to be fun to watch, even if they're not any good. And it's going to be fun to see John Wall, like, you know, out, out on the break, you know, dishing passes to all these guys. I know you're not a John Wall the guy buckets, but <laughs> – you know, hey, maybe he's the maybe maybe he's the Ben Simmons trade target. Maybe that's the best we can get at this stage. 
It's gonna be fun to see John Wall try to mentor people. Like you're talking about fucking somebody who is affiliated, bro. Like what the oh. fuck? God, that was like the most depressing way that this that we can end up. <laughs> John Wall for Ben Simmons. Wow, we've come Ooh. full circle. Ooh. I'm, t- I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, shooting the breeze. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think we're getting Dame, to be honest. Like, you know, gun in my head. Like, I think we're getting Dame. Daryl's holding out for Dame. Well, Dame thinks and he'll sweeten the deal. Dame thinks that he's getting Simmons in in Portland with the like tweets yesterday. That. That was a like tweet. Wait, he did? He liked he liked that shit? Yeah, he there was a like tweet by Dame that uh of him and Simmons in in Trailblazers jerseys. I love the NBA, man. <laughs> Anyways, is there anything else before we get out of here, guys? So I did a How's life, man? I did a fantasy draft with Harry and he took Mitch in the last yeah. round. He beat me to yeah. it. Yeah. We should have let we should have let it with the, yeah. That's breaking news. That's a winning. I, I'm not gonna lie. I thank you, thank you. I'm not gonna lie. I I might as well have just auto drafted. Like you said, Armand. I know nothing about the NFL right now. I was just picking the fucking best player available and trying not to draft too many wide receivers. But I ended up with ten of them, so I fucking failed. Well, the thing is, as long as you have the MVP on your team, you're gonna be fine. The one, the <laughs> one and only MVP. Dude. Dude, they're bringing back the Nickelodeon stream on CBS again. So, you know, someone's going to have a chance to compete for that title. And, you know, it's possible he could defend it. Let's say Josh Allen gets nicked up. Mitch comes off the bench. Or, I mean, like the MVP was satire anyway. Maybe the Bills playing that game anyway. And the fans just vote Mitch in again. Two-time MVP, baby. Let's go. I would love Wait, can we talk? Did you guys watch the Jake Paul Tyra Woodley fight? Yes. What, What did you think? Um, I wasted my time. <laughs> it was entertaining, Dude, but... Jake can box. I don't think you guys understand how insane this is. Maybe you do, Yost, because you, you follow the UFC a little bit. But, like, Tyron Woodley is a Hall of Famer. And he cannot box at all. It's just ridiculous. I can't believe it. Like, he's actually terrible. It's not rigged, by the way. I don't think it was rigged. I legitimately think Tyron Woodley is not a good boxer. And he actually might have won that fight, but they didn't give it to him. But it's cool. Whatever. I think he won, won two rounds and he, he just refused to, you know, throw hands early. And he didn't capitalize. I think it was either, he's such a, he's such it was a that fourth. Up. It was that fourth round where he had really kind of gotten the momentum, and I was a little bit worried for Jake, but he he didn't yeah. continue to apply the pressure. So dude, Jake can um, box, like, like, dude, shout, dude. Who do you want to see him box next? Been boxing for two years. Connor. Connor. Give him give him McGregor. I I want. I, I was see saying, that shit, who do you want to see box next? <laughs> Armani buckets versus Rusty buckets. Dude, Armand is a pacifist, bro. He would never fight anybody. He's a, Armand wouldn't hurt a fly. Except Timmy. Timmy. If Armand only yeah. fights his own. Dude, that'd be fire. Armand versus Timmy. Yeah. I'd pay per view that too. I was gonna say Armand only fights his own inner demons, bro. That's it. That's it. That's, that's, that's exactly battle. right. I'm I'm actually right now looking at the the track list of Drake's album. Which, if you're hearing this, Drake's album will will be out by the time you hear. Is this. it out? No, he, he postponed it to um, an hour and a half from now. But the track list is out now out. And Shit, what did you guys these, think of Kanye's album? I liked it. I liked it. Okay. Not all of it. There were some songs that I thought that, yeah. Skips. There was actually a lot of songs yeah. that were I thought, I thought he sh- it should have been edited. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. I, I literally, I went around, I, t- I made the rounds with some friends of mine, and I was like, can you send me what you think the track list should have been? Like literally just make a fucking new Donda cut on Spotify. I want to see if, if there secretly was the album everybody wanted from Kanye in there, but you just had to dig through a bunch of like filler to get to it. And I was correct. Everybody has the album that they wanted. I did the same thing. It's beautiful. I really think if he had taken like five songs out of it, it would have been a masterpiece. But. I agree. I completely agree with that. Um, listen, if you made it to this point, we love you. Thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, it's been a pleasure. Peace out, Hoopers. Yes, thank you guys for joining me. Bye. We're out of here. Peace. Peace out, Hoopers. Follow him on TikTok.